Everything Co-op. Bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Good morning, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks. Welcome to Everything Cooperative. This is a wonderful Thursday morning. We're glad that you're with us. And this morning, we have Miss Gail Taylor on the line with us. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, 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 good. So I understand you're out there farming this morning. You're harvesting. Yeah, it's actually our harvest day, Thursdays. We have a CSA pickup in several hours. You have a CSA pickup in several hours. So yeah. wh what is a CSA pickup? CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. It's a way that the local community can support its farmer. You sort of pay in advance for your yearly vegetables and make the commitment to financially support that farm throughout the growing season. Community support Association? Community support, yeah, community supported agriculture. Oh, agriculture. So there are two ways in which the community, we have 130 members in our CSA. Um, the community is making the financial support they pay in advance, which means that, uh, you know, with vegetable farming, I'm buying most of my supplies in January and February, even if I'm not harvesting and selling the first crops until May. So it's kind of like, you know, in the old days, maybe somebody would go over to the USDA and get a loan to buy the seeds. Um, historically speaking, that hasn't been as easy for black people and people of color. Uh, so, so wait a minute, you said, you said they normally would go to USDA, uh, Department of yeah. Agriculture, and get a loan. But blacks Yeah, you could go to the USDA and get a loan, then you could buy your seeds. But blacks have had difficulty the getting the loans. Yeah, right. So historically, there's been a big problem with discrimination in the USDA, actually. Class action lawsuits, including one, Pigford versus Glickman, has been a way in which um, black farmers have gotten, tried to get compensation from the USDA for discrimination. Okay. So uh, our farm does what a lot of sustainable and, and organic farms in this century, well, since the 90s in this country, have been doing which is ask the customers to pay in advance for their vegetables. So instead of getting a loan from the government, we're basically getting a zero interest loan from the customers. And how many customers do you have doing that? Yeah, we have 134 members this year. In 2017, we grow every year. Uh, in addition to making that financial commitment in advance, they're also committing basically to eat what we give them. So if we have a crop failure, I send out an email and I say, hey, I'm sorry, but it's snowed in March. And it's never done that in all of my 12 years of farming this year. I put seeds in the ground like normal and the snow fell on top of them. Uh, and so, he, you know, here's what that means. Here's what it means to support your local farmer is that the crops we thought we would get in April and May, we're not going to get them because the snow fell. So they sort of take that journey with us. 
So they're in with the risk. Farming is very risky, I've gotten to know. And so yeah, it absolutely is. The customers in there sharing the risk of your being able to reap what you sow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. All right. So out of those 134 members, if I wanted to join the Community Support Agriculture Group, the CSA group, what would I have to pay and when? So for the full season, a single household, which would be like one or two adults or two adults and maybe a small child, it's $420. You get uh, 23 weeks of a share out of a 33-week season. So we let our members skip any 10 weeks they want. You don't have to tell us in advance. I've noticed, especially in D.C., in the city, people travel a lot. People get stuck late at work. People have work functions where they're fed and they're not always cooking at home. So I put in that flexibility and we let our members, um, you know, skip 10 weeks throughout the season. They don't have to tell us when. For a family, it's $740 for the year. Uh, and a lot of folks will email me and say, hey, can I do that in two installments? And we totally can do that. Okay, so one or two people, it's $420, which is 20 bucks a week, a little less than 20 yeah, bucks a week. Yeah, so it's a pretty good deal, yeah. And for a family of what, four? Is that seven four? Yeah. For the family share, you're getting 12 items a week. So today, I'm actually bunching spring onions right now. You would get like a bunch of leeks, a bunch of onions, a pound of potatoes, a couple pounds of tomatoes. We'll have... You know, some are vegetables today, uh, zucchini, peppers, eggplant, green beans. Uh, we do a lot of greens in our CSA, so there's sweet potato greens. We run, it's called a multi-farm CSA, so one of the unique elements about what we do at Tree Park Harmony Farms is we really intentionally partner with other farmers. So you don't just get produce from our farm. You're going to get produce and non-perishable items from the farmers in our co-op. Gil. I don't know if you know this, but you say a lot in a very short period of time. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> and, and I got leeks and onions and potatoes and tomatoes and zucchini and green beans. And you said 12 things. So I picked up seven. That is what you're packaging right now for, for people. Yeah. It's a market-style CSA, so we actually, I'll show up tonight. Are you familiar with ECAC, the Emergence Community Arts Collective at the Community Center off Georgia Avenue near Howard? No, I am not. That's actually where we do the distribution. So it's Georgia Avenue near Howard. Yeah, Georgia and Euclid. So there's a Capoeira group there, and then ECAC is a community group. So it's, it's very much, you know, in the center of the community. Well, Georgia and Euclid is right where the business school is. Yeah. So it's on the so other side of the business So we set up a market-style CSA, and we put out 15 or 16 items, and people choose 12. And you do that tonight? Yeah, Thursday night from April 6th through November 17th. Anybody listening who wants to join for the fall session, it's still that 18.75 a week, like you said, and we'll start the Thursday after Labor Day. People can join again. So how do, how, do, how do I get in touch with you or people that's listening? Oh, right. So you can go to our email address, threepartharmonyfarm.org. Um, there's a little, if you click on CSA, join the CSA, there's a Google form you fill out. Okay. And do you pay the amount then? 
Yeah, if you want to pay by credit card, I'll send you an invoice by PayPal, or you can put a check in the mail. So if they wanted to start after Labor Day, Labor Day is the first week in September. It goes for how many weeks to November? I think that's 11 weeks. It ends the Thursday before Thanksgiving. Oh, that's convenient. You have fresh veggies and Thanksgiving. Okay. So that's Yeah. So, and like I was saying before, this is a multi-farm TSA. So mm -hmm. we uh, work with farmers. Our, our farm, Tree Part Harmony Farm, is in the middle of D.C. and near Catholic University. And we don't have quite enough land here to grow some of the vegetables like sweet potatoes and winter squash, melons, pumpkins, that kind of thing. All those crops are coming from our partner farmers, from the members of the co-op. So a lot of times in the fall CSA, you might get like butternut squash, a lot, a lot of sweet potatoes. Those vegetables are coming from the Black Dirt Farm Collective on the Eastern Shore or from Rainbow Hill Farm, an organic certified 20-acre uh, farm in West Virginia. So each week I sort of like get together with all the farmers and see who has what and then we put together this market-style CSA from that. So you have black dirt farms in Eastern Shores. Yeah. And then Green Hills in West Virginia. It's Rain Rainbow Hill Farm is owned by Gail Livingston. She's in Charlestown, West Virginia. I just met her. And Oh, did you? Yeah, at the um, Farmer's Market on H and 13th, I think it is. Yeah. I met her I last weekend. What day of the week? What, okay, on Saturdays or Sundays? It was Saturday. Yeah, Gail is an amazing farmer. She's got 20 acres up there in West Virginia. Um, she has chickens, so she is able to bring in uh, organic eggs to the CSA, which is great. Well, when she said her name was Gail, I was asking her, are you Gail from, <laughs> from Three Part <laughs> Harmony Farms? <laughs> People get us confused a lot. Well, you're both attractive African Americans. I went on your on your webpage mm -hmm. and, and saw your picture there, and I also rode by your farm this morning on the way here. I was hoping to get a chance oh, to okay. meet you, but I couldn't figure out how to get in to the farm. I see. But I saw somebody working in back from I guess I was on Fourth Street. Yeah, we started at seven o'clock this morning. Okay. All right. I turned over about that time. All right. Good. <laughs> okay. That's what I, I kind of assumed you'd be six or seven farming. I am from West Virginia, but Bluefield, West Virginia. My father, we must have had an, an acre farm in the summers, but my father and my three brothers and I would farm. I, the only part I liked was the eating. Right, that's the only part. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do want to get back out and get my hands dirty. That was kind of neat. I didn't like weeding, but I did like harvesting. That was cool. Okay, so you got a two-acre farm inside the city. That's what I found so interesting. Yeah. Are there many spots that you can have a farm inside D.C.? Well, there's more than I think most people would believe, but no, there aren't that many. The, the thing about D.C. is it's relatively flat. We don't have a history of factories. Um, there's not a ton of overdevelopment here. You know, we don't have a lot of tall buildings. There is actually, we're rated high for a lot of green space. There's, there's plenty of places to put farms in the city. And honestly, vegetables don't take up that much space. 
All right, your customers are these individuals, 134 members, and is the is this the co-op part of this? Yeah, the three-part Harmony Farm is the farm that manages the logistics of doing the CSA for the 134 members. So I go through the work every week of reaching out to all the other farmers to find out what they want to contribute. So, like, for example, Gail will usually send me a text message on Monday morning. Okay. And then she'll deliver. We have a walk-in cooler at that parking lot that has, um, it's locked with a lockbox. So farmers can make their drop-ups off there, and I don't have to be there. And likewise, on Wednesdays, the, pro- the extra produce gets picked up um, by the Catholic workers. They have a key as well to the cooler. They can pick up the donation, and I don't have to be there. So in the next minute or so, we have to take our first break. And I'm excited that you can farm inside the district, and you have a farm, threepartharmonyfarms.org. So, so far, what I've gotten is, it looks like you get a lot of food for $18.75 a week. And I I'm, think so. <laughs> and I'm a family of one, and I don't know if I could even cook all of that food. So, it would be... Oh, uh, yeah. Some people will share it. There's people who might show up with their with their friend or their coworker. Well, let's stop right here, and we'll come right back to that as soon as we take our first break. Gail Taylor will be right back. Information is power. This is Vernon Oaks with Everything Cooperative. The National Cooperative Bank sponsors this program to give you information about cooperatives, the things that are going on in the city and around the nation, quite frankly, around the world in cooperatives, such that you might look up co-ops. And like we're talking today, for most co-ops, you get a very, very good product, and it's competitive pricing, if not lower pricing. So we can get organically grown vegetables from three-part Harmony Farms right here in the district. And Ms. Gail Taylor is on the phone with us this morning. So just to repeat this, you can go to threepartharmonyfarms.org, sign up, and for $18.75 a week, you can get 12 different vegetables. Is that all the time? No, sorry. It's every week you would get six items. Oh, every week six items. Yeah, the families would get 12 items. That is a lot for one person to eat. You were saying before the break, you don't uh, know if you can go through that in a week. I don't know if I could either. Thanks for clearing that up for me. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. I told you I met Gail Livingston from... Yeah. Uh, what was that farm in West Virginia? Rainbow Hill Farm. She's a member of our farmer co-op. Rainbow Hill Co-op, and I think I bought four items, four or five items from her on Saturday, and I haven't fixed all of those, so I may have to go in with my sister. She does it. Maybe if I buy, she'll cook. Okay. Um, you were saying that people come in and, and buy together. Yeah, we have some folks, maybe friends or coworkers, they figure out how to do it together. We, you know, we... We are definitely a community-supported agriculture. I want people to do this together, do it with friends, figure out how to support 
your farmer but not have it be stressful. <laughs> so sometimes that might mean taking a break and sending somebody else. So there's, there are people who might come one week and then their friend comes the next week. And, and that way, you know, you everybody wants to take a break from local produce and eat some avocados sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that we can grow in D.C. and the Mid-Atlantic. There's a lot of things we can't grow. And I think that it makes sense. You can support your local farmer without it taking over your whole life. Kel, how did you get started in this? Yeah, I got started by volunteering on a farm in Upper Marlboro. I was unemployed at the time and trying to figure out what the next step was. And in the meantime, had heard about this place where I could go and volunteer in exchange for vegetables. And I just, I liked it. And they offered me a job the next season. So I started there in 2006, part-time, went a couple years, then to full-time. And then it just seemed like I had found where I wanted to land. I had stopped sending out my resume, stopped looking for another job realized after all I didn't want to be in an office anymore. So what kind of work were you doing before? I did uh, human rights work. I was working in the solidarity community, the Latin American solidarity community, working on anti-militarization issues in human rights in Latin America. Um, I also had done some work volunteering on affordable housing issues in D.C. I'm a member of Empower D.C. So I guess you could say I was an activist. Are you from D.C.? I'm not from D.C. Uh, I came here in the late 90s after college, so this, this is home. Where'd you grow up? I grew up partly in Illinois, but we moved around a little bit, and I had spent some time in upstate New York before coming here. Did you have any farming in your growing up experience? No. I have uh, a pretty typical story for what a lot of farmers my age, we call ourselves the return generation of farmers. You know, my grandfather was part of the Great Migration. His family had picked cotton as sharecroppers in Mississippi, and he came north to work on the railroads, which is how I ended up being born in, in Illinois. So nobody in my family did any kind of agriculture. I mean, in fact, my parents worked really hard for my brothers and I to be able to go to college and get advanced degrees. I made this intentional decision to go back to the land and there are several of us who've done this, so we call ourselves the return generation. Wow. Have you had any interaction with the Federation of Southern Cooperatives? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. They're, they're great, and especially um, one of the members of the Federation is MAC, the Mississippi, oh, shoot, the Mississippi something cooperative. Um, we just two weeks ago we were on a Afroecology gathering with folks from MAC. Um, they have a really amazing co-op down there, too, in Mississippi. So what kind of trip were you on? Uh, we have a group that in the DMV and then all the way down to Mississippi and Georgia, we call ourselves the Afroecology group, I guess you could say. We have gatherings. It's uh, all black farmers, multi-generation, um, but especially a lot of young farts folks like myself who are getting back into into growing. Okay. Well, I've been dreaming about and thinking about and talking about getting back into farming or, like I said, getting my hands dirty and producing and then eating what I produce. Uh, but I'll be 70 this year. Can I call myself a young farmer mm-hmm. returning back to the return? Yeah, young, young, a young farmer isn't your calendar age. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's plenty, plenty of folks, and we've met some of them on this trip. Are inspiring elders who are who are doing this again after taking a break, having a career, returning back to the land. Uh, and you know, there's there's a lot of women involved in this farming movement who are really strong and powerful. Um, there's a a woman in South Carolina, Miss Jamie Dixon. Dixon. She spoke on a panel at our gathering and really inspired all of us talking about growing up on the farm in South Carolina and going through together, you know, that concept of all of us just going from farm to farm, helping each person out with what they need and everybody sort of being in it together. I, I think that's the idea behind a cooperative. And for me, as a farmer, anything that I choose to do, I feel like that is the only way that we are going to make it together as a community is if we're all in it together. Well, that is one of the reasons that I've I've come to love co-ops with a passion. I, I I have it that human beings at the at the core is community. Uh, that's where we've come from. When you really go all the way back to the tribes and and whatever we came out of, is everybody in the group knew what each we knew what we had to do in order to survive and everybody had their place and if somebody didn't do what they had to do then survival was difficult at best so i think we're going back to that in the cooperative world i also like the education part of cooperatives everybody teaching each other like the lady you were talking about okay so i'm back to the product again what i'm going to go back to is you said that you planted in February something. You didn't say what it was, but it snowed, and then you couldn't produce that. So everybody's just okay with that, all of your customers. Yeah. I lost sleep over it. I had to send out an email and tell them we were going to skip one week in April and promise to make it up in the end of November. And they, they people came and they gave me a hug. <laughs> uh, I had nights in the end of March and April after that snowstorm where I would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep, right? It had snowed on my carrot seeds and my beet seeds and my lettuce seeds. But that that's the community-supported agriculture. It's just such a blessing. And now we are on track to give everybody a bonus in November. We got back on track with their support and patience. Support, patience, and love. Yeah. Wow. So I want to ask you a question now that I normally wait to the end and ask. Sometimes I forget, but do you like what you're doing? Oh, of course. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> what about what you're doing do you love the most? I think that what I love the most is that I can see what I do. I show up every day and you see the results of the hard work. It's not like you're postponing until later the end product. It happens really fast here on the farm. You plant some seeds, it grows, you're harvesting the vegetables. Sometimes four weeks, six weeks later, um, the harder you work, the more you get out of it. It's just, it's that clear. You're, you're producing something. Okay, so we've talked about product and we've talked about price. I want to come back and talk a little bit about promotions and... We're going to take our second break. Gail, do you also love the interaction with your customers? I do. You know, there's a lot of vegetable farmers that like to sell to restaurants, and I have to be honest, it's not as fun dealing with chefs. 
I really love to see. You know, we have people who've been members of our CSA for five years, and I see their children come, and I know that I have been nourishing those children since before birth. Um, it's just a really rewarding thing to be able to bike around D.C. And, and pass by people and know that I'm helping to keep them healthy because we are focusing on not just growing vegetables, but really nutrient-dense produce that is really important for all of us and our health and well-being. Wow. So you have a hand in children being healthy, families being yeah. healthy. Yeah. Well, that's a much bigger product than vegetables. I can see why you but love that it. that is the vegetable, right? Like food is food is medicine. That's one of the three the three tenets of the three part harmony farm. Food is medicine. Food is culture. Food for our future. The food as medicine is a big, big part for us. We'll be right back. Please don't touch that down. Thank you. Washington D.C.'s News Talk, fourteen fifty AM everybody. This is Vernon Oaks and the program is Everything Cooperative. And Miss Gail Taylor from Three Part Harmony Farms is on the phone with us this morning. Gail, before we took a break, you said that three parts of Three Part Harmony Farm is food as medicine and what up for the other two? Food as culture and food for our future. Uh, okay. So how do you get food as medicine? And I, I have an answer too, but I just want to hear yours. Yeah, I mean, so the food food as medicine is the idea that the food that you put in your body is as good or better than a pill that you might take, right? If you're sick, you go to the doctor, they give you medicine, it cures you of, of whatever's wrong with you. But if you, put, if you use food as your medicine, it's more of a preventative. The food is healing you. For us, the crop that we grow that is the most, I say, it's the quintessential food as medicine is hardneck garlic. Um, which is one of our signature crops. It's uh, garlic that's high in allicin content. That's the part of the garlic that is antimicrobial, antifungal, antibacterial, the one that will cure you of the common cold. So we just focus on growing crops like that, like just picking the specific garlic that is going to be the most healing, giving the produce out as close to the time as harvesting as possible, and focusing on growing the crops that are the most nutrient-dense. So, for example, in commercial farms, somebody might pick a tomato that they want to grow that they can pick when it's green, and it can literally get picked from the field and thrown into a moving truck. It, can, it has a long shelf life. It's going to travel across the country. The quality of that tomato is that it can travel and that it has a shelf life, whereas, like, the tomatoes that we grow are going to be high in lycopene. They're going to be harvested when they're ripe, not harvested when they're unripe. We're not going to use gases to bring them to the red color. It happens naturally from the sun. That kind of a product is going to actually be feeding you, your body and soul, nourishing you. It's not just something you put into your mouth. Body and soul. Yeah. Wow. Well. I mean, I don't know if I can prove it, but that's what I think. <laughs> well, I, I think it's provable. But I am diabetic, at least it took me a long time to even say those words, and I'm in the process of, of reversing that. And 
I have it that I can reverse it with food as medicine, exercise. And then Mm -hmm. what my doctor talks about is the right foods, the right medicine, and then the medicine, right food, exercise, and the medicine that she prescribes. But I try not to do the medicines she prescribed and use the food as medicine. Now, I did not know about this hard neck garlic. Yeah. There's hard neck garlic and soft neck garlic. Soft neck garlic is like, you see that more, the one they grow in California and China. The neck is soft and you can braid it. But the hard neck garlic is what we grow here in the DMV. It goes through a winter. So you plant it in the fall, and it's actually, we plant our garlic every year during the fall festival, so it's actually the only community planting event that we do every year. When do you harvest and it? And you harvest it in June. It's in the ground for nine months like a baby. Well, I knew garlic was good for you, and I try to get that in. I also know that uh, sugar, at least they tell me sugar is not good for a diabetic. It's not good for somebody that has cancer. That, that cancer cells, they grow faster with sugar. And salt's not good for you. Matter of fact, I've been told that salt's worse for a diabetic than sugar is. Mm. Uh, and then other carbohydrates. So I really have it that, and I, so I use seasoning. I use garlic for seasoning. Garlic and onions and green, red, yellow peppers. I prefer the red and the yellow than over the green. Getting the nutrients and, and get seasoning without the salt or without sugar. And I find out when I'm eating right, I don't have I don't have urges for sugar, for sweets kind of stuff. Funny how it works like that, huh? Yeah. It really does. I mean, it's, it was surprising when I discovered that. It's like if I'm giving my body natural nutrients, it doesn't call for sugars as a nutrient. And I think that's the reason I, get, I used to get cravings for... Well, my craving was chocolate chip cookies and oatmeal raisin cookies. Okay. Oh, I can say it now without even having the urge to eat it. All right. But if I, eat, <laughs> if I eat things that have the nutrients in them, then I don't get the cravings, which might means to me my cells are getting nutrients, and it doesn't call for a quick fix, a quick sugar rush. Okay. So yeah, I, we also do a lot of fresh herbs. Um, oregano, thyme, basil, sage, cilantro, mint. I find that when I'm cooking with herbs more, I I use less salt. Well, I'm using no salt now. No sea salt, That's no other impressive. salt. But I want to do some That's of impressive. these. I want to do some of these. I don't do much on the herb side. You said you do oregano, and what else did you say you wrote? We do oregano, thyme, basil, sage, mint parsley, cilantro. Well, we have some lemon verbena, uh, anise hyssop. We do a lot of herbs that are good dried, and then you can drink as a tea, which is another part, right, making sure that you're staying hydrated, drinking enough water, which can be hard to do. Well, when I'm exercising, it's not hard to do. I still, I'm I'm out here all day, and I have a hard time sometimes remembering to drink the water. I like to just put a sprig of mint in my water bottle, and that helps a lot. But are you sweating when you're out there? Yeah, of course. And then my part-time job is managing a hot yoga studio. So. Your part-time job? I do hot yoga at 4th and H. Yeah. So is my coworker. Okay. And I find out when I'm doing hot yoga, I drink a lot of water. If I'm not, I don't drink as much. Yeah. So I might. Yeah, maybe you'll see Christina there. She um, works there, and she works here at Chabot Harmony Farm. Okay. So, food as medicine. 
Do you all have classes in how to prepare foods or how, how you can use we food? We don't. We partner with other folks. So I try not to get out of my box too much. I'm not the expert. I'm not a health expert, and I'm not an expert in cooking. So we actually invite folks like uh, Juju Harris, who is a food educator and is about to come out with a new cookbook. Um, she comes to the CSA pickup about three or four times a year and will prepare some food and teach folks how to use the fresh vegetables. How do you promote it? How do we promote Juju? Juju and Three Farm Harmony. Well, I guess a lot of it, you know, I would say, to be honest, is word of mouth. A lot of people who are in the CSA are there because they came with a friend who told them about it. Mm, it's such good work. Do you have a sense of what's the maximum number of members you could you could provide for? I think we're close to our max right now. Uh-huh. I mean, we on, I'm only growing half an acre of vegetables. In our peak harvest in the spring, we were harvesting 600 bunches of greens a week about 150 heads of lettuce in a week. So that's about at 150 members max. So you don't need much promotions if you're almost at max right now. No. (laughs) I'm not really great at marketing. Uh, I like to focus on growing the vegetables, but this takes up a lot of time. So it's, it's good to be close to our max. Do you do this just because you enjoy doing it and you see the benefits of it, you love it, or... Do you make any money at this? Or is this a profitable business? It's not hugely profitable. There is a way that farming can be profitable. That's not the kind of farming that I want to do. I would rather grow food for people. And even if that means that I'm choosing the produce that doesn't get the highest dollar amount, but because I think everybody should eat well. Everybody needs to have more kale and collards in their lives. I would say the way that farming is more profitable is by doing it in cooperation with other farmers. The economic benefits that we get by working together are immeasurable. And that's everything from being able to reach more customers because we're working together and maximizing what we all do well. It also means we save money because we buy things together. You know, when Gail goes to the tractor supply store, She'll send me a text message and say, do you want me to get something for you? I'm driving there anyway. That could save me a whole tank of gas and a whole day just because she brings me the thing that I need. And it, it might sound small, but for a farmer, saving a day driving to the tractor supply store is a big deal. No, it doesn't sound small to me. Uh, what I talk about is the different types of co-ops. And you could have a worker co-op where the workers own own it. You can have a consumer co-op and where the people that use the product or services own it, and that's like credit unions and housing co-ops and rural electric co-op. Or you have the two that a lot of farmers use as a purchasing co-op where they purchase things together for the reasons you were just talking about. You know, a lot of times you can get a better seed if you buy it in bulk and you get a lower price, or the purchasing going and getting it. There's a lot of ways of saving money working together. And then it's on the other end, marketing co-ops um, that markets the products. You can get your product to more markets than you could if you're individually doing it. And if you've had a marketing co-op, then you get expertise, either on the purchasing or the marketing side. You get expertise that you wouldn't have yourself. So, yeah, that's what makes co-ops so so great. You can save money, and you can get uh, sell more to more markets than you would get if you're on your own. 
Uh, when you go to this black co-op, uh, these no, uh, black farmers, how how many farmers? You say they're black farmers, Afro e ecosystems or ecology. Yeah, in the Afro ecology community, that's a good question. How many in the community, and how many attend a gathering are different numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. everybody can come every time. I would say between New York and Mississippi, all in the eastern seaboard for us, several dozen farmers. Some of them are members of a group called SAFON, the Southeast African American Farmers Association. Um, that's a group based out of, I believe, either North Carolina or South Carolina. They help black farmers get certified organic. Um, then there's MAC, the organization that's based out of Mississippi. Um, there's a lot of different organizations, you know, regional ones. Um, and then nationally, there's BUGS, the organization that puts together every year the Black Farmers and Urban Gardeners Conference that in 2017 is going to be in Atlanta. Are most of them in co-ops, do you think, or do you have any sense of that? I would say that that's increasing. I think that it's clear to all of us that the way that we survive and actually thrive is through cooperation. So it's definitely the growth is fast on that front. Okay, so for example, when we were in Durham this last time in July at the gathering, we went and got a tour of um, a new co-op that some farmers who actually are multi-generation-owned family farms had just form, formed a co-op, and they are uh, marketing their eggs together, among other things. I think they were called the Piedmont Triangle Co-op, and they, they are amazing. I mean, some of these farms are fifth-generation black-owned farms, and it's the kind of story that is common in the South where, you know, you your parents want you to leave the farm, you go to college, you have a career, and like you're saying, 60, 70, it's not too late to start reviving that family farm, and they're doing it by forming a cooperative. Okay, we're going to have to take our third and final break. I thank you so very much. This is very exciting, Gail. But we're taking our final break, and we'll be right back. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOS, 95.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks on Everything Cooperative, and we have Miss Gail Taylor, who is with Three Part Harmony Farms. And for $18.75 a week, you can get six vegetables if you are a family of one or two and if you are a family of three or four hmm, is it still the same 1875 gail i'm missing it no so it would be double that okay a family of four would be double that and you get a choice of 12 different vegetables and you pick yeah up so it would be twice as much food so if you want to see the food you can go down to Georgia near Howard, Georgia and Euclid near Howard. And what's that what's that location called? It's called the Emergence Community Arts Collective. Emergence Community Arts Collective. So if they wanted to go by, they could go by this afternoon from what time to what time? 
We're there from 5 to 8 p.m. on Thursdays. So you were at the farm at 7 a.m. harvesting, and then you'll yeah. be <laughs> distributed from 5 to 8 p.m. So your day is from 7 yeah. to 8, or maybe you'll leave them. Okay. Sound like a farmer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's a long day. All right. So well, just real quick before before I forget, if somebody wanted to volunteer, I saw on your webpage they can volunteer also, and if they do it regularly, they can trade that for vegetables. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. This is a very important part of what we do. Uh, you can sign up to do a work exchange with us. You work for three hours, and in exchange, you get the same share, the family size share, so 12 items for three hours of work. Well, that sounds like a lot. So for three hours, that comes out to be almost 40. It's like minimum wage. Like 40 bucks. Okay, 12 bucks. An hour. Yeah. Okay. So, and you you can sign up by emailing me, gail at threepartharmonyfarm.com, or you can call me, 202-427-7146. We are going to start a new volunteer session after Labor Day. Um, so you can sign up to, to get shifts, and we'll do a little orientation when you start in the fall in September. So... What times of the day can somebody like me do? Is there, if you do a three-hour shift? We start in the fall at 9 a.m., and we break for lunch at 1 p.m. So I just ask that you arrive in time to get your three hours of work done before we break for lunch. Okay. So you don't have anything in the afternoon? We don't, no. In the afternoon, we do a different kind of work that doesn't really fit volunteers. Okay. So if you wanted to and, volunteer, uh, yep. three hours of work between 9 and 1 in the morning. Yeah. Now, how often a week do you do that? You can come every week if you want, but I only require that you sign up twice a month. I know people have other things to do. Okay. And you can call Gail at 202 Four two seven seven one four six, or email. And you don't have to have any experience. People ask me that all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. It's okay. You show up, bring your own water bottle and snack. We'll give you gloves and tools. We'll show you what to do. I didn't know my first time. I didn't know what I was doing either. Well, I would like to do it just to learn, like you did. Yeah, yeah. Most people, that's their incentive. They want to learn where their food comes from, how it's grown. We do that here. So are you certified organic? I'm not certified organic. I think that it's pretty valuable that you can come out here and see where your food grow is grown and ask me questions. So I haven't gone through the certification process. So is your foods organic? Are your foods organic? I, yeah, so we don't, we don't use any chemical pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. Uh, we don't really use a lot of sprays in general. Our pest control is a lot of squishing of bugs. Um, okay. And we, we get rid of weeds by pulling them out with our hands. Yep, that's what we used to do. Okay. Yep. When mm -hmm. I said weeding, old fashioned. Sometimes the old ways are the best ways. So cooperatives are based on the values of self-help, self-responsibility, democracy, equality, equity, and solidarity. And in the part that I like in tradition of the founders of cooperative members believe in the ethical values of honesty openness, social responsibility, and caring for others. It's been real clear you care for others. That's 
why you love this. So are you guys honest, open, and believe in, I don't know, taking care of our planet? I think so. Maybe to a fault. Maybe what? Maybe to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> to a fault. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I, I don't think as I think so. I think you are from what I read and uh, talking to you. So, and the principles are volunteer and open membership. So it doesn't make any difference about gender or race or politics or religion. Just doesn't make any difference. So, are you all? Do you have open and volunteer members to your co-op? We do. Although I would say it is very important for us in this space uh, that everyone treats each other and the space with respect. This is a peaceful place. Um, we're not really into any kind of speech. So everyone is welcome, except it wouldn't really be good if you came and you were not respectful of the people who were here. Yes, I get that. Yeah. yeah I, I get that. That's in this caring for others. Yeah. Okay. Democratic member yeah, control. When when people come and I give them the orientation, that is a really important part of it, of welcoming people to the space, making sure that they feel welcome, and also making sure that they understand that I see as my role, making sure that everyone else feels welcome, no matter race, gender, sexual orientation. Everyone should be made to feel welcome here. Doesn't make any difference if you're independent, Republican, Democrat, or... <laughs> no. Christian, or Muslim, or... Doesn't make any difference. Okay. No. A democratic member control. Cooperatives are a democratic organization controlled by their members. Now, your co-op, though, is the co-op between the farmers. Is that right? Yeah. So we haven't really talked about that yet, right? Because this farm, Tree Park Army Farm, is the farm that I own and operate as a single-member LLC. So this is a family-owned farm, and the farm itself is not a co-op. Got it. But the, how, many, how many farms are in the co-op? We are an unincorporated co-op, so it's a little bit loose. Okay. Community Farming Alliance is the name of the co-op, um, and we are about half a dozen farms within that network. There's myself, Street Park Harmony Farm. There's Good Sense Farm and Apiary, which is owned by Zachary Curtis. Zachary and I um, started the co-op together. There's Holly Pool Cavana. She is an herbalist with Little Redbird Botanicals. And then there is uh, Blaine and Aaliyah. They're on the eastern shore with the Black Dirt Farm, Gail with Rainbow Hill Farm. And then we also have a pretty close relationship with a woman-owned farm in Upper Marlboro called Owl's Nest. And then this year we also started working with a farm in Waldorf called um, Dicot Farm. So the core members would be Part Harmony Farm, Good Sense Farm, Little Redbird Botanicals, and the Black Dirt Farm and Rainbow Hill Farm. And half of us go to a farmer's market together in addition to the other things that we do together. Okay. So I don't do anything by myself, if you you might have gathered. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I don't like to do anything alone. It just seems like if I can buy my fertilizer with another farmer and share the shipping costs, I'm going to do it. If I can go to the farmer's market with other farmers, and maybe take a Saturday off once a year, I'm going to do that too. So do you have any education training information, which is the fifth principle? The I'm farmers? sorry, can you name the fifth principle again? Education, training, and information. Oh, um, I guess Blaine, I would say Blaine and Aaliyah do that part more than anybody else. 
um, the owners of the Black Dirt Farm mm -hmm. Collective, which organized the Afroecology and the Agroecology Gathering. Blaine also worked with Safon, the organization that I mentioned before. I mostly do hands-on training specifically towards growing vegetables here. That's really my passion. Okay. Cooperation, cooperation among cooperatives. Are you working with any housing co-ops to provide uh, vegetables or anything? Are you working with any other co-ops? Am I working with other co-ops? Not at the moment that we have in the past. Members of our community are. I don't know if you're familiar with um, the Dreaming Out Loud. It's a nonprofit organization based out of Southwest DC. Mm. Actually, Chris Bradshaw would be a great guest on your show. Chris is in the process of um, building the next urban farm in DC over at the Kelly Miller Middle School site. Mm. So all of us in the Afroecology community are going to come together and support Chris and that. And I get that you concern for community. So I get that when you don't have to talk about that and, and the land and the people and everything. And I do property management full time. And so I want to see if I can connect some of the property properties and the people in the, in the co-ops to you guys uh, and see how I can join also. Sure. Half a second. Anything you want to leave the group with or leave the audience with? Well, I'm obviously passionate about farming, but I'm equally passionate about co-ops. I was previously a worker owner at a worker-owned co-op, the food co-op in College Park, and um, I am, have been a, an owner of a cooperative housing. Uh, I really appreciate this program and Thanks. the focus on co-ops. I think it's, it's really important in our community. Well, we got to go. Thank you so very much. And everybody out there, please have a wonderful week and work cooperatively. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM.